Uh, if you're excited to be here, can I get a woo pig? Thank y'all. I didn't think as many people were going to do that. I was going to say roll bears. See, we got to roll bears up front, but I just didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, maybe, maybe next week or a week after that. Hey, you see, has Ole Miss coming. I don't, I mean, that's, I, I grew up in Conway. I went to school at UCA. I'm a big Bears guy, but I just, I'm going to be realistic. Ole Miss. Uh, like Jania was saying, tonight is Life Group launch, uh, which is going to be an exciting night. It's going to be great. But I, I just want you all to know, I came in tonight with just a heavy heart. Uh, one, because I just feel like the enemy has been attacking me the last 24 hours. And uh, he sent something after me. I want you all to look at this. Sent this after me. This was in my room. He was attacking me by sending something. I don't know what that is. I just know it had a mission to kill me. Uh, no, but the God is good. So I escaped that attack from the enemy. But then I got a second today around 4.30. He actually sent uh, a whole fast food chain after me just to roast me. It says, uh, is it satiate? Yeah, satiate the appetite you worked up watching football from your couch. So I just got roasted because I definitely did that. Me and Nate watched some football. So I got roasted by a fast food chain and the enemy sent something after me. I'm sorry? I didn't tap. I didn't tap for details. Uh, but I was thinking about tonight and uh, I was thinking about the people that were going to be in this room. I know some of y'all that are in here, you've been here for a couple of years, maybe two, three, four years because you found a community here that you enjoyed being a part of. So thank you for sticking around. Uh, there's some of you who this is your first time, maybe second time, because, well, you're a freshman, so you just got to college. Makes sense that it's your first time. Or maybe you're a sophomore or freshman, I don't know, sophomore through senior, and this is your first time coming just because you want to check out what a godly community could look like for you in college. And then there's also the last, op last option is maybe you have been a part of a community before uh, it, it ended weird. Maybe something challenging happened to you, but you're giving it another shot. And so I say thank you for ma uh, making the effort to put another shot in there uh, to, to trust God with something like a godly community again. So thank you for being here. Uh, I just hope that no matter where you're at, that tonight you can kind of learn something else about the community that we need as Christ followers uh, and why we need to have it. One way that our church attempts to create community is through life groups. Um, and so I'm going to explain a little bit what life groups are giving, well, going through two questions. So I'm going to talk about what the life group is. So what is a life group? I'm going to talk about why it's important to us as believers. So before I get into that, I'm just going to pray real quick. God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for all these people that are in here uh, looking for godly community. We just want to know more of you, God. We want to do that with our peers. Uh, we want to chase after you with the people that are around us in school, in our classes. And so, God, thank you for who you are. Uh, I pray that tonight that anything that you want to say to these students, these college-age people, that it would fall on good soil in their hearts, uh, that ears would be open, uh, eyes would be open to see you and see more of your word. And so anything that I say that is not of you, God, I just pray that it just it flies away. They don't catch it, uh, but they only catch your word and the things that you want them to hear. And in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that first thing that I want to talk about, what is a life group? Okay, so I'm going to explain this. It's, if you're taking notes, you're writing down. You're gonna, this is going to take a minute, so uh, it's going to be long. Just bear with me. Life group is, y'all ready? I'm going to go slow. 
It's a group of people that you do life together with. Yeah. Thank you. A life group. Wow, okay. A life group is a group of people that you do life together with. And so when I say life group, you might have heard it called something else. It could have been like a D group, a small group. Our high school ministry, ministry called them tribes for a while, which is kind of intense, but epic at the same time. Uh, but here in Elevation, we call them life groups. Uh, I know I just shared some groundbreaking stuff with you. It's a, a group of people you do life with. Uh, but I want to get a little deeper. A life group gives you people that can tackle and take on life and everything that it throws at you. It's a group of people that will push you to learn more about God, to grow in your understanding of his word, and then to go after the purpose God has put on your life. And so I asked a couple of leaders just kind of what they were thinking about whenever I said, what's a life group? What is, what is a life group to you? And I kind of put all their answers together, and they said, life groups are a place to plug into and recharge during the week. It's a place where actual accountability happens, not the fake accountability. The actual accountability is happening in life groups. And a place you can go to when you need to borrow someone else's faith when you're struggling to have faith for yourself. I'm going to talk about that for myself a little bit later. But when I say life groups happening and it's going through what you're doing in life, like the things that you're facing in life, I'm not talking about life group where you sit down and it's like, all right, this week's topic's this. Like, we're going to get the notes out. We're going to talk about a topic here. Like, no, we want to address life's issues. Like, we want to address the things that you're walking through daily in this season of life. And so the first thing that I'm going to share is just kind of my experience. Uh, What I experienced is going into the life group for the first time. So first life group I went to, I was a freshman at UCA. Uh, The only person that I knew whenever I signed up for it was my life group leader. So I was like, sick. They're going to do that thing where they like ask me what my name is, like where I'm going to school, what year I, year I am, where I'm from. And so I, I show up to this life group, pull up, park, and I'm like, bet. This is great. I know like two cars at all, 12 of these. So that is going to be good. I have to meet some people. Not excited about that. Uh, because whenever I was a freshman, I was, I was not very outgoing. I was just like, ah, we'll see what happens. Uh, so I pull up. Walk up to the door. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen when they open this door? It's going to be weird. Opens the door. It's my life group leader. I'm like, praise God. And so (laughs) I'm like, what's up, dude? How are you? I walk in, turn the corner, and I saw the best thing that a freshman guy could see possible. I mean, I see two. What? Nope. (laughs) I I saw two mismatching couches. I see a futon, clutch futon. I see a recliner. I see three wooden dining room tables, chairs. And then I see a gaming chair. And the homies are in them, sitting in those chairs, those couches, those dining room table chairs. And they are playing Madden on Xbox. And in between all of them, there is a mountain of chocolate chip cookies. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? But like I said, this is an incredible thing for me to see as a freshman guy because I'm like, love all this. This is going to be good. But what I didn't know is at that first night, which was just a hangout, those guys that were like just destroying those chocolate chip cookies, uh, roasting each other while they were making mistakes in Madden, those are the the guys that are still going to be with me to this day where I'm at now. 
Those are going to be guys that I create lifelong relationships with, and they're going to lead me to be more like Christ. And so I didn't know that those guys, I was going to need them the next semester like I did. I didn't know that they were going to be such a big part of my life. See, the second semester, how many of y'all know the spring semester in general just hits harder? It's just different. Like this, I think there's like less weeks or something, uh, but it's just different. You have spring break and you're expected to come back and like get right back into things. Uh, but I was also working at Target. I was working a lot of hours because uh, I was like, man, I just need some money. I'm broke. But like what I didn't think about is, oh, yeah, I also have a full class load. And so I let my priorities slip a little bit. So I had to start playing catch up in school, which already sucks. Uh, so I was doing that, trying to catch up a little bit. And then I got the worst news uh, that I had gotten at, that, at, the, at this point in my life, which was that my grandma had just been diagnosed with stage four cancer, which was tough. Like, I mean, I was already kind of like struggling schedule-wise, mentally, and all of a sudden that gets dropped on me. And I remember it, it didn't just affect me, it affected my whole family. And so what I tried to do is I tried to be tough because I saw my family hurting. So I was like, man, maybe if I'm tough, like it'll help them out. Like, maybe they'll be able to, to see me, like, on the outside being strong, and it'll make them stronger. But in reality, I was hurting on the inside, and I didn't tell anybody about it. And then I saw their hurt and it, it, on the outside, and that affected me and burdened me even more. And in that time, it's weird. Like, that's the only time where you, you don't really know where your support's coming from in your family is whenever your whole family's affected. And so I had to get my support from somewhere else, and... At that point, that's when my, my life group came in. My life group showed up when nobody else was able to show up. My family, we were all done. Like, we were all hurting. We were seeing our grand, my grandma struggling. And then the life group shows up. And they, this is what they did for me. They prayed for me consistently. They asked me how she was doing. They asked for updates. Uh, they even allowed me to borrow their faith, like I was saying earlier, because I didn't have faith at some moments. But whenever I didn't have faith at some moments, I could go to them, tell them about it, and they would remind me of the faith that I have in Jesus and the healing that comes from Jesus. And so I was able to use the faith that they had to give me faith about the situation, which was incredible because eventually my grandma, she did have a miraculous recovery, and she got healed from cancer. Uh, She beat it. And I remember looking back at that thinking, wow, I'm so much closer to God now, even though I felt like that should have knocked me back further because I had people who were racing, they're they're running the race with me and pushing me to God, even though I was struggling. And so Jesus had this model too. Jesus had his 12. These are the people that he invited in uh, to kind of like do life with them, process, ask questions, focus on the uh, the kingdom of God together. And so that being said, I want to look at the second question, which is, what does the word say about the importance of a life group? What does the word say about the importance of a life group? So point number one is, life groups give me a clear picture of Jesus. So to explain that, I just want to go straight to the word. Mark 2, 13 through 17. If y'all just look at it with me, it's on the screen. It says, he went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him. And he was teaching them. And as he had passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at a table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. 
And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax uh, tax collectors, said to the disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus came up with this design of these groups, and the way he made them, he was being very uh, intentional. He was intentional with the people he invited. He was intentional with the way he went after them, and he was intentional with the place that that he invited them to. See, Jesus gathered people from all different kinds of backgrounds, uh, different ways that they look, different economic groups, all these different things. And what's crazy is I know me going through college is I tried to look for people who had similar interests that maybe dressed the same, maybe acted the same, liked the same things. Uh, But what that is is comfortability. And so what I want to say now is like, yeah, comfortability is easy, but what it gives way for is conformability to the world and to people instead of to Jesus. And so I want to think about this, like Jesus was in homes, like, that's where he wanted to do the healing. That's where he said, I am the physician. He said it in a home of some people who were hurting and who were sick. And, and I also want to talk about how these different people, like, they all in their own ways showed Jesus in a different place because God said, I have created everybody in the image of me. And so by, by saying that, I mean that if we spend all of our time around the people who are like us, who act like us, dress like us, talk like us, have the same amount of money as us, do the same things as us, then we're not going to see more of Jesus. We're just going to see more of ourselves and other people. Like, if we want to get closer to Jesus and see a clearer picture of what Jesus looks like, then we better get around other people who look different than us, who act different than us, because Jesus said uh, that they, they are made in the image of me, right? Point number two is life groups offer rest. Life groups offer rest. Going back straight to the word, Mark 6, 30 through 32 says, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. See, Jesus knows that in order to get rest, we need to get away from the crowd. We need to get away from the place where everybody's at, everybody's going towards to be refreshed, to process, and to slow down. And how many of y'all remember, like, in school, maybe this happens in college too, but I remember vividly in, like, high school, the guy who, who comes in, the guy, who come, they come in with a backpack, and they never take it off. Like, from the mo- moment they walk into the classroom to the moment they leave the classroom, like, they just got that backpack on, old faithful backpack. And what does the teacher say to them every single time? Take it off and stay a while. Let's go, word for word. Let's go. She got it. She's waiting. Yeah, she's waiting to say that for herself, her own class. Take it off and stay a while. And while that's funny, that's us in life. Like us in life, we're traveling through with a backpack full of what's next, what's the move, what are we doing after this? Like, what do, we, what do we get to do after that? What's the Instagram showing us we get, to, we get to do on the weekends? Like, who's Snapchatting us so we can go hang out and do more? We're carrying this busyness around all the time. And social media wants us to do that. The culture wants us to carry the backpack of busyness and of life rather than take it off, take off life, go away with a group of people, rest, sit in the presence of God, and get refilled, recharged, 
and rested up to go do more. We have to leave the crowd to get the rest that the community of a small group offers. And number three, life groups go beyond their group. And some people are probably saying, well, I thought you just said we had to leave the group. I'll tell you in a second. Chill out. Mark 6, 7 through 13 says, And he called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. I was reading that, and whenever I saw the staff, I just thought about authority. Like God gave them authority over the unclean spirits, and I think to represent that was the staff. That's what he was showing me when I read it. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. And he said to them, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you and they will not listen to you, when you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent, and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Like, whoa, a little intense. I thought we were just, you know, eating chocolate chip cookies and sitting around playing Madden. That's the first night. Jesus knew what a group of people were capable of. He knew what it would happen when a group of people who weren't the same got together, removed distractions, slowed down for a little bit, put focus on the kingdom of God, and went beyond themselves to impact the people outside of their group. Guys, I want y'all to hear this. Numbers do not matter. Like when it comes to ministry, numbers don't matter. People matter. People have purpose. They're not projects. They're not numbers. They're ambassadors of Jesus Christ if we let them be. And the word ambassador simply means a representative ready to be sent out. And guys, this is the heart of Elevation leaders, the life group leaders. We want to challenge you to rely on the Holy Spirit and to rely on Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you to go out and to make moves for the kingdom. And when it gets hard, when people aren't receiving you like the word says, we want to encourage you to shake off the dust off your feet. And when you feel like people aren't receiving you, we want to pick you up. And we want to encourage you to hold on to the gospel for yourself and for other people. I'm going to pray for us. If y'all would just stand up.